double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Welcome to Double Bill. This is Josh, shut the hell up, Humphrey. And I'm Brian, all you're asking for, Watson Jones. And I'm Mikey, Spadoinkle Apostle. <laughs> and we have a guest today. Yay! Jeremy Motes. Hello, Jeremy. Motes rounds with boats. He's, he's waving. He's, he's not waving. familiar with That's not how you do the podcast. <laughs> no, so you listeners can see where I'm sitting. They know which one is me. Didn't you do a fringe show that was kind of a, a we, boat right, broadcasting? But the repeat you don't have an audience. Oh, oh, gosh. Sorry. Actually, you are our only audience, so <laughs> we have our one listener here today, so... Love it, accept us! It's like a, it's like a black hole of podcasting. Now we're going to, like, uh, self the nexus of, the, of yes. your own podcast. Pod- this is Double the alpha and omega of podcasting. We have become an aerobarus, eating our own tail. <laughs> Jeremy nice. uh, suggested a podcast for us. Would you like to... Uh, or suggested a double bill for us. What What is your double bill, Jeremy? Well, uh... Well, uh I have always been a fan of the movie Ravenous, which came out about 15 years ago, um, about cannibals, and also was thinking that we should, uh, because I know Eli Roth is remaking the Cannibal Holocaust movie. Yep. It's coming out called The Green Inferno. Inferno. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I don't really want to, I was like, oh, we should double bill Ravenous with uh, Cannibal Holocaust. I'm like, hmm, maybe it's something lighter. So instead decided, why don't we go and find the trauma uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone movie, Cannibal the Musical. And I thought that'd be a much more fun pairing because there's definitely some parallels going on in these kind of frontier America cannibal stories. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was a good pairing, and I, we'll get to that oh, a yeah. little bit later. Big I, time, yeah. Yeah, but uh, in terms of, I was thinking about it this morning because I'm going through my entire book collection. It's out on the mm-hmm. porch. You saw it out there. <laughs> I, I've absconded with some I, of your books. You did abscond. One of the books I was, I, I'm going through this method where it's like, does this spark joy in you? Like, to, <laughs> where where keep, where you keep it? But I a lot of my that. books aren't really like the sparking joy type. Right. Like, one of them was My Friend Dahmer, which is a graphic novel <laughs> about people who had friendships or kind of new Dahmer. Oh, I think I borrowed that from you. Yeah. It's an interesting work, but I'm what? like singing it and I'm like, this doesn't spark joy. And if I admit it sparks joy, then I'm sort of weird. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, you've also got some like textbook type stuff out there. Like that well, doesn't spark that. joy. No, it doesn't. It's, it's how to write a screenplay. You, right, it's stuff that you keep joy. from like college. You know, like I've, uh, and I think there's two, there's two ways to look at it. I think there's a sentimentality, a sentimental uh, attachment to certain like textbooks from college, and then there's also the fact that you spend a fuck ton of money on actually like buying mm-hmm. these textbooks. Uh, what I was telling you is that I had a book on neoclassicalism through realism, and that was part of my theater history, the dreaded theater history course where you sit there with your jaw agape, and you part one is like from Athens, you know, the original like, and then you go all the way up to like the 16th century. Which is a dry, oh, dry. Yes. And then oh, you're yes. like, and then you have like a, a structure that's telling you. Yeah, plays. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, we yeah. are going to talk about today, you know, to, uh, Michal Kobielka. Sorry, Mr. Kobielka, but we really didn't like you very much. And Kobe. <laughs> he's Kobe, probably dead now anyway. No, no, he's still alive. I, that man is held together he's with like, behind anger you right now. 
and he's listening to all of your episodes. But like Kobe, but Kobe at the at the U of M before they had the BFA program uh, at the U of M, this guy was like the dreaded professor that like just spoke at you angrily. And then, like, we would have the blue book, you know, write out essay answers. Mm-hmm. And we would cram. And I, I know that you're in, in, in law school right now. I know that you're just, like, my mind. We still have the blue book option. But my analogy. Actually, I saw one woman use it once. Wow. One. And that's uh, in the two semesters I've had that have probably had at least five to 600 students. Like, you know, go through Louise. them. One student has done a blue book. Yeah. Wow. And, I th- and I think you do a blue book just to be a pain in the ass to the instructor. Because <laughs> I, I, otherwise it's all automated. Like, ma- you know, making a statement. Yeah, I, burned, I burned my notebook because I actually, the hand cramps would get, like, taking notes in class and then we get the blue book well that's why doctor's handwriting is so bad because they do that for seven eight years I know but like the, the, he stood behind me during one of the one of the one of our tests two tests a semester and he just sat there and it's I remember like warfare. I was like freaking out I'm like why is he watching what I'm writing and then he walked to the front of the class and he said he goes okay students class what I want you to do is expound on your own natural thoughts and not regurgitate what I've told you in class and I'm like I'm regurgitating I'm regurgitating right now and I don't give a shit <laughs> Because I hate you <laughs> so much. Expound. But, I mean, all you could do is like stay up and like read, try to read your own shorthand do while you're like regurgitate. You know, talking about Dryden and like the really terrible, boring ass 17th century playwrights. We're just like morality plays. Yeah. Like, this is not interesting. Can we get to Shakespeare? Shakespeare is boring. We're going to go into other scenes. I'm like, oh fuck. Is he German or is he Scottish? No, he's Welsh. Polish. Okay. Ch- Ch- I didn't know where you were going. Ch- no, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He was a he was a pill. Uh, anyway. Actually, actually, one of the characters in *Cannibal* the musical had a really weird accent. Yes, so the, sheriff. Like, the sheriff. Was the sheriff. Like, what are you trying to do? I love that because you, you you walk in, you could see the gears turning in his head as he's trying to figure out the accent he's about to do. Because there's <laughs> a long pause where he just. You have a visitor. Anyway, we're two steps removed from what I was trying to say sorry, sorry. about my friend Dahmer, which is also about which cannibalism. Which is a step removed from right. And I was thinking, oh, this would have been an interesting pairing as well. That's what I wanted to say about that. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, I would also forget that uh, you guys like to do the, you know, do a movie and then do a book. Yeah, we rarely do that, but we I'm like, right. Yeah. I always just think of, it's got to be two movies. So but that's also like my wheelhouse is movie yeah. shit. Oh, Most for real. Most people are. Yeah. And it's an easy pairing for us, you know? Like, I think the reason why the Nuggets were born was because we wanted to be able to uh, find, I mean, we, we I... Alternate content. Right. And I'm the simpleton, so I'm usually the one that's finding, like, two videos, like, the remake of, like, okay, so we're going to watch the original uh, Lady Marmalade, and then we're going to do the uh, Marmalade from uh, Moulin Rouge, Mm. you know? And the interesting thing was, like, I was like, let's just do that. And because I remember the video so vividly from Moulin Rouge, but the original is, like... Crazy! It's like watching an episode of like the old X Men cartoon. They're all wearing like sparkly, weird costumes, and they're they're mutants. And I'm like, but yeah, it's like if the X Men were on Soul Train. Yes, <laughs> I don't think that's actually a new pairing. Don't tell Rob Liefeld; he, he can, he'll suck it, the joy out of it. Well, so, we're not friends, so I won't tell him. <laughs> suck it, oh, Liefeld. I'm texting him now. Wow, Get you're out. friends with Rob Liefeld? Get Mom. out! Get I, I don't out. know who that is. Get out! <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh. You what? The guy who made, like, big titties on Captain America, the comic book artist, he created Deadpool? Did he? 
Did he really create Man. Deadpool? Huh? Yeah, and also, like you know, he's, he draws somebody had to. oddly proportioned superheroes with like their thighs are bigger than their heads. Oh, Pouches. that guy. Pouches. Okay. Yeah, the nineties, the early nineties. Oh, everyone had to have gotcha. like pockets. He was heavily, yeah. What did he work? Yeah, for I guess image, I just. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's one of the image. He bombers. broke free, and yeah, he. Yeah, and I saved Jim all my nineties vile spit for Todd McFarlane. So that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, Ravenous. Ravenous. Ravenous opens at the end of the Mexican-American War mm-hmm. in 1847. <laughs> <laughs> Your notes are suspect now. Uh, it has stars Guy Pierce mm-hmm. as what is his name? Colonel Boyd. Boyd? Uh, well, Con, not, Con, no. Well, Lieutenant Boyd. Lieutenant Boyd at the beginning. Isn't he demoted? No, he gets. He's promoted, he's, but demoted. He's you know, promoted, right then he shipped he gets off. He gets a lateral promotion. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think for me, um, okay, so with Ravenous, uh, my experience with it was, uh, I mentioned this when we did the Bad Milo, um, the basket case double bill, uh-huh. which is actually a funny one, um, because Bad Milo, as Josh called it, was cute. Um, well, I like he was, the, he was I, cute. I, I think you guys need to, you used to reference your basket case episode, like in every episode you do, it feels like, this seems to be the, <laughs> this seems, the touchstone This seems episode. to be a basket well, case sort of situation. This is a basket case here. sort of, well, all, all that and uh, Escape from Tomorrow. Um, oh, that piece of crap. No, no, no. Uh, so, uh, again, going back to when I was fun employed. And I had time off from work, and so I had also Netflix uh, for days. You and I on the call board, I think we're talking about mm-hmm. doing like 30 days in October of horror movies. And so I had more time than you, so I was just like grilling through all these. And one of them was ravenous. Yeah, I was like, how and did I, you do this? How are you doing this? Yes, and you're like, you're, you're, you're a machine, sir. And I was like, well, I had time. But ravenous was always on my my mental, like, I would like to see this. Because I've seen the commercials, I've seen the previews. Mm-hmm. Like the cast, Guy Pierce. Uh, you've got Neil McDonough. Jeffrey uh, Jones. Jeffrey Jones, Jones, you know, Jones. right around the B-movie time. B-movie superstar Neil McDonough. Yeah. I love oh, this yeah. guy. Who was Neil McDonough? He was Reich, the crazy. The, the white blonde. blonde here, the like sitting soldier. on the ice, and the the guy who he was right. in Star Trek the guy first who looked contact. Like sting a little Whoa. bit. Yes, yeah. yes, but and he was also dum dum, yeah, dum dum, dum Duggan, and uh, that's he, like his his big role now. His he, big high profile. Good though, yeah, good for the, him. The dude's been doing you know B movie stuff, or like he's always been like the senator or the mayor in like TV shows. He'll have like the one off spots. Yep. Um, Love that guy. So he's, but he, in the movie, I remember that's the one part of the commercial I remember seeing was him in the ice pond, like just. <laughs> and it's like, this man is ice blue eyes, white hair, mm. Aryan intensity. I'm like, okay, what's what's going on here? And then we have uh, the joy of the Scottish world, Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. Uh, Begby from Train Spotting, uh, the lead in uh, Full Monty. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy. I mean, for being such a weird looking cat, he's got quite the range. I think you mm-hmm. know, like he, he, does. Can, he can play mm-hmm. a lot of different roles. And well, even within Ravenous, he does. Yeah, he yeah. Plays yeah. The intense survivor a horrible experience and also a cat cat like monster right a and, wendigo he's supposed to yeah. be channeling the wendigo and then he has a lot of authority and, and then a very civilized evil beast mm-hmm. but, but very civilized and very what civilized. A, is it the civilized and what a great monologue he has about it too oh yeah mm-hmm. so uh, anyway getting back to the point of ravenous is that we start with the with the war Guy Pierce is shipped to a, a Sierra Nevada's outpost yeah, yeah out, mm-hmm. out in Northern California because he is, right? he wins a battle but he does it sort of through cowardice yeah, so he plays dead. He gets a promotion, but his superior officer's like, I don't want you anywhere near me. I'm putting, throwing you in a hole and forgetting you're there. Right. So he's out He's out there with uh, a weird you know, cadre of, of uh, fellow soldiers, including misfits. misfits, including David Arquette, 
Mrs. Mr. So is David Arquette actually part of the army? I, is he a yes. trapper or is I, he like? I'm not 100 percent sure. Is he a trapper? Well, no, the, the, he is. He is private. Cleave. He's pri- he's private. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he's, he had this like. There's this other dynamic where he's not really doing anything like military. He's getting high. Yeah, he's, he's, getting just, high. No, he's the cook. Around. He's working is, with. He's working with the Native Americans mm-hmm. on yeah. on the fort base. Yeah. He's he, also he's like, kind of like their go yeah. between. Like I'm I'm going to be the one who like builds up my relations with the uh, with the Native Americans yeah. that are out here. Well, he's the camp cook and. Also, vaguely the repairman, which I get if you want it done fast, that's a bad idea. But He's vaguely a lot of things. He's yeah. vaguely well, a lot of things. Well, yeah. I think they're also trying to set up that, you know, apart from the crazy hardcore soldier guy, these got none of them, no one here is really that competent. Yeah, right. No. Which is what makes me really maybe, wonder how the crazy soldier guy got there, who he pissed off. Well, I think he's too amped. He's too confident that he could, like, step on people's toes. There's, he wants the yeah. challenge. He wants to be the crazy mm-hmm, right. guy who, like, I am here in the wilderness. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he must have gone down the same route. Well, there's, there's a delay that, that too, at some we can point get into later. What? Oh, yeah. So anyway, Boyd arrives. Boyd arrives. He meets this cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one night, a uh, guy pops out at the window, like, and alerts everybody. And apparently, it's just a survivor that came up down out of the mountains, mm-hmm. and he's frostbitten. He's like. Like emaciated. Yep. He doesn't look that emaciated. He's unconscious. He's, just thin. he's unconscious. Yeah. yeah. He's unconscious. His his explanation of how he turned out to survive ends up being like the huge impetus of what ends up happening at the end of the movie mm-hmm. because uh, I think he said that you know we turn he his his story and God he's got like some of the best monologues in that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. There. His explanation. I wish I, I, I wish I went back and listened to the first one again. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he he basically what he says is that the he survived and they all survived uh, by eating uh, first their guide and then they uh, basically they cannibalized each other. Very well, Donner Party-esque. The neat thing in that monologue is he starts by saying when they ran out of food, they started with the animals, like the mm-hmm. oxen, mm-hmm. and then I think they had uh, the, the horses, horses, and then dog. the dog, then their belts and shoes mm-hmm. before they turned to eat each other. So mm-hmm. I like that, that they ate the animals before they even thought of getting through the meat, like before we turn ourselves, belts and shoes, yeah. Yeah, still yeah. no choice. Well, it seems very reasonable because the first guy just dies. He just yeah. starves. Mm-hmm. And so they eat him and then they're hungry again, but it's different now yeah. because mm-hmm. they've crossed that line. So and also next. Wendigo myth. But right. The Wendigo myth, right. And so they go out to find well, there's because, a survivor, right? Because he says that there's three of us left, him, Mrs. McCready, and Colonel Ives. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Colhoun that we've met here. Mm-hmm. He yeah. says his name is Colhoun. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can't believe I left her with him. Um, yeah, he was the bad guy. He's the one trapped who, in the who, first place. He was the beast, and starting and turning into a beast. After he started to kill people before they were dying, sort of thing, yeah. just to eat them. And that's all Jeffrey Jones, the colonel of, of the outpost, needs to hear. He says, "We got to go save her." Mm-hmm. So they they mount up and yeah. Considering Jeffrey Jones is such a an inertial captain and colonel, where mm-hmm. he's just. He's just there. This is just, this is where they put him, so he's just going to do his job and eventually retire. He hears that story. He's like, she's still out there? Must be. We're going. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really this feeling that they've been there for a long time, and they really need to get out of there because they're right. all going a little yeah. crazy. And they well, want something to do. Yeah. He's got a blend of that. He's got a blend of that, and also when they're like, why are we going? It's our job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't justify it with it's the right thing to do. It's our job. So he's got, I don't know. It's nice. He has multiple reasons for doing something, which you don't get in a movie too often. Mm-hmm. People have one Crazy. reason, and that's all we needed. And they get there. Right. But on the way, uh, we haven't mentioned Jeremy Davies yet, who is, the, I think, the doctor, they say. Oh, yeah. From... Knox? Is that who you're talking about? I think that's his name. Oh, yeah, the drunken second-in-command. No, no, no. no. Knox is Stephen Spinella. 
He stays at the. He stays Knox is Spinella. Right. Jeremy Davies is the guy Private Toffler. Pro- Private Toffler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh no, the religious guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he must be the chaplain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he comes. The guy yeah, from yeah. Private Ryan, and he falls and injures himself, and they have to essentially carry him. And there's that just that great scene in the middle of the oh, night. Oh God. He, they, was licking me. he was licking yeah, me. He was licking me. Which is perfect for the movie because it's horrifying and also pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I just woke up and my lips were high as wound. Yeah. <laughs> you have to restrain. You know, sleep licking. Yeah. Uh, You've all done it. We've all been there. <laughs> Don't you judge. <laughs> yeah, but it's usually We've all myself. gone on long camping trips. <laughs> oh, boy. We'll, we'll get into that with the cannibal. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, God. And the fall that Toffler takes. It oh, it's brutal. Is, brutal. Yeah. It's just yeah. down rolling like, down. And the rocks are all jagged mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. unpleasant looking. I, and I think from, I think that's another thing. For a movie that didn't really pick up a lot of critical esteem, uh, I think it's really beautiful in the way it like it starkly shows you they're in nowhere. They're in a shitbox of rocks and trees and snow. Mm-hmm. And that base is like goal. It's ghoul. It's you're safe there, kind of. And so even like getting to the point where Guy Pierce is like running and he jumps off a fucking cliff and pulls a Rambo. Uh, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. But it's like the only place he can go. Pulls a Rambo. I wouldn't characterize <laughs> it as that. No, but he does movie, afterwards. In the movie, First it's Blood. Driven, it's driven by cowardice. I don't think Rambo is driven by cowardice. No, no, no. In the movie First Blood, uh, in, the movie, in the actual original movie First Blood, uh, when Rambo is trying to get away from the, the, the cops... Uh, the the story is Sylvester Stallone is like I'll do this I don't need a stunt double and the idea is that he get to get away he jumps off the side of a cliff thinking he's gonna break his fall with a tree Stallone got himself fucked up because he's like branch 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 that's not a safe way of getting away from people that's like we're fucked mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna jump and do uh, Plan B which is the worst plan and like <laughs> and like. <laughs> Hope is gonna float me down the side. No, hope is gonna break your shit. And like, and he does. He like gets fucked yeah. up. And like, he breaks, yeah, he breaks his, his leg. leg. Yeah. yeah, which actually well, seems like the least of what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he probably cracked some ribs too. Right. Yeah. Not he's badly also, enough. They also, stuck out of him. And he's quite bloody by the time he gets. To the so end. anyway, leading up to that, like right. escape off the cliff. You know, they come to the cave where they had uh, like a. Wintered for a while and started yeah. eating each other. Where the, the turns out Calhoun guy. isn't who he says he is. Right. Well, and the, what I love about that is leading up to that is he starts freaking out. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, we can't go back. We can't go back. And the, there's that great shot of like the amped up soldiers dragging him along because mm-hmm. he's bound now to the mm-hmm. licking thing. He's being bound as you would. And that amazing uh-huh. music that we're going to talk about a lot more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Music. Oh yeah. Just how it's building and building and building. And they get to the cave and he won't go in. So. Neither no no one really wants to go in except for the amped up soldier, and they send Boyd in after him. Yeah, because yeah. an officer has to go with him. Yeah. yeah, officer has to go with him. And while they're inside trying to, to rescue this girl from the evil Colonel Ives, is Kaluna is outside freaking out, and we suddenly stand digging yeah. out the side and of the cave. He starts going animalistic, starts yeah. twitching and sniffing, and yeah. And turns out he's hidden a knife. Hidden the knife. Hidden the knife. Just when they get right inside, finds they find that everyone is dead. Yeah, there's all no the bodies. Left. I really like the hole in the cave because it looked like it had claw marks around right? it. Right? Oh, yeah. And I was like, what yeah. are those? It's oh, not really explained what made no. them. It's just they're just sort of there and then yeah. they go down. It could just be scraping from stuff going in the hole. It could, it be. could be. Or it could be claw marks. From There's a lot of bodies out. down there, though. A lot of bodies. A lot of bones. Bones Blood down trails. there. That's a, that was Grisly. a good set piece. And they didn't go for like the cheesy, they're just, you know, oh, here's a bone. These are had. There was stuff chewed off of. Oh these yeah, bones. yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah he picked those bones clean before he went looking for anything else. Oh, my God. Uh, it was just, it was, it's a scary, well-done movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to put it on, like, Silence of the Lambs level, but, man, everything about that movie gets you really tense. So, yeah, I don't know how much more of the plot you want to talk about, because I think I'm kind of done with the plot. Sure. Like, up to this point, because sure. anything after that is sort Spoilers! Of like, let's, let's, yeah. That's how it unravels. It unravels from there. This yeah, is like, then, that's about 40 minutes. Then it's a horror minutes. movie. Well, that's essentially where the movie begins, yeah. Yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Guy so. Pierce gets himself dragged back to the base, and he's, like, trying to explain everything, like, this is what happened, and they're like, Nobody well, believes him. Nobody believes him, but then the, fucking Robert Carlyle shows up clean as a bell wearing officer's uniform as Colonel Ives as Colonel Ives and you're just like you asshole and like you get invested you're like holy shit and that's Mm -hmm. when he gives the second great monologue when he's explaining what he's like he goes are you familiar with the Wendigo myth and he's like he goes I had I was tubercular I couldn't take a deep (sighs) breath I couldn't even do that two months ago yeah and then he's like he goes and they killed the guide first. He's, well, he talks to he talks to us like I was depressed, like mm-hmm. having suicidal thoughts, yeah. and eating meat cured me of my mental illness. Right, eating people cured yeah. me of yep. my yep. mental yeah. illness. Excuse me, all of people meat, people meat. So yeah, it's fresh cuts of people. And it's I think I think awful, it doesn't it doesn't really fresh. come together like uh, you want the movie to come together. No. You know, it, it it's super duper ambiguous. Well, it has a lot of different things going for it. One of the things that comes to mind is Boyd himself is not like a typical hero. Mm-hmm. He's a coward. Mm-hmm. In fact, all of his movement really is driven by him sort of becoming a Wendigo himself, mm-hmm. and right. like this dichotomy but between being afraid this of animalistic it. and this cowardice that's going on in between. Until him. he embraces it, and then he's no longer a coward, so he can stand up to Ives, Kaloon. Yeah. It's, yeah. And honestly, the, the stuff with the Wendigo is the stuff that doesn't work for me in this movie. I mean, I get why they go that route, and to give it that more supernatural, supernatural horror yeah. stuff. I would have liked... Personally, something more along the lines of we get that myth and we get that, you know, this is why uh, Ives is the way he is because he's supernatural. But I think it'd be more fascinating if then we have Boyd eat the meat and it doesn't happen to him. We we realize that Ives just believes in this myth. Right. But yeah, yeah, he's found that way to overcome pain and injury and whatnot. Just. It was all within him to begin with. You know, like, he just needed to take better care of himself. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, I think you, you hit it. Secret. Yeah. You, but you hit it, man. Because I, I think that's where I was watching going something about this. Oh, there's a disconnect for me in the movie where it, it, it almost feels it's, cause it's got kind of a cliche to yeah. do that thing about eating your enemy, you gain their strength or something. Mm-hmm. And that feels almost, it gets to the point where of shorthand, it feels like, well, since that happened, this is how he gets out is he has to eat the blood and eat the meat and then he'll become stronger. But really? Though? That's a different movie entirely. Yeah. 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 See, so. I really like that, but I really like mythology. So I love it when people layer in a, a less well-known mythology. Wendigo's not super rare or anything. No, no, no. But it's less well-known. They took did their own take on it because this take is more vampire. Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Than anything else, and it also sort of implies something. Okay, so every every movie is an alternate universe where there's at least if it's a good movie, one thing that's totally different from ours. Um, if it's a bad movie, there's like eight things that are totally different and they don't explain them well. (laughs) Um, but this one, it's that eating human flesh or blood will amp you up, will help you heal, will help you cure disease, will give you power, will give you the desire for more. Um, and it just happens because it happens to Boyd in the very beginning before he's ever heard of the myth. So it's not something or the where the blood, the blood, yeah, right. it's, it's not something which they where, never actually say. They just imply that. Yeah, they imply that, but, but I think it, that's really nice. It makes touch. it familiar to him. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. But it 
it means that this is something that just happens. You don't have to say the magic words or know the myth. Right. It's not like being a vampire where you have right. to be infected with vampirism. And it also implies that if this happens, it can. it's probably happening everywhere, and they're probably not going to make it to our time, because people are just going to start eating each other once yeah. word gets out about this. Yeah. Once word gets out in the technology age, and everyone goes, <laughs> oh, hey, I have cancer. Well, and uh, That kid next door is kind of useless. I just plan to almost militarize it. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because... Cause make himself be. a little family. Yeah. And because Cause I can see that being extrapolated further, it's like, oh yeah, let's give uh, all our soldiers this yeah. ability, and they well, just eat triaging the flesh of the man, in, like on the other side. Triaging in a battle situation would be horrifying because it'd be okay. Uh, this half has to eat that half, and now go back into battle. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, a, fa- it's yeah. a little scary. Well, it doesn't have to be a living person. They can have just died, so if it's a person who's yeah. dead... Oh, like, yeah, I guess they could just eat all the enemy they can. And apparently, it doesn't, apparently it doesn't really take that much, right? Because, like, you know, and Boyd at the beginning just gets a little blood in his mouth. Yeah. Well, not, well, a, he little. Also, not well, a little. Well, not a little. He's like, yeah. in a pile of dead and he bodies doesn't, for 24 he doesn't, hours. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't hulk out. He just gets his courage back and breaks a guy's neck and then holds a gun up. He doesn't, like, rip an entire battalion apart with his bare hands. Right, right, right. It would have been really cool if he was at the bottom of that pile of dead and he's I'm sorry. I'm landing on the roof. I'm very buildings. old school, and I would, I would, I want my Wendigo myth to end with like a big white furry dude with a tail, and then Hulk <laughs> actually coming in, and Wolverine, and I think that would be a Wendigo right. tale. Well, right. okay. <laughs> so I had a thing I started a while back called the Avengers Initiative Initiative, that where every initiative movie initiative. Ends. Every movie ends with Samuel L. Jackson inviting the lead oh. character to the <laughs> And I think it would work here. Like, Boyd wakes up in a hospital. And Samuel L. Jackson shows up and he's like, I'm immortal. So, motherfucker. <laughs> he's got to say motherfucker. We've gone into the darkness, Boyd. I was wondering if perhaps you'd like to help fight it now. Let me tell you about the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> but I, I just. I, in Cannibal I, the Musical, too. I think we can make it work. I think so. I, I, I love how this movie is set in 1847. Yeah. What movie wants to be set pre-Civil War, mm-hmm. you know? So... Yeah, the Civil War is right there. It's not... You don't have to go with Mexican-American. Yeah. You got the Civil War. But they, they choose this one. I think it's to have more of that, you know... The Western expansion. Western yeah. expansion. And the gold rush. Because I don't remember... Does, does the... Spencer, the general, when he comes back to the fort with, with Ives, does he mention, or is this in a bleed scene, that... that Gold has been discovered in California. So there's a there's a. I don't think push. he mentions it. Ives definitely mentions it though, because mm-hmm. he says um, that's who we're going to pick off when people right. are going through the base. Okay. So all yeah. these yeah. all these loners going to California for yeah. gold rush who are never going to be noticed if they don't get there. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, there's like a deleted scene with the general like says it much more in detail. That I'm glad they didn't put action in the in the, the full movie because if you have Ives giving that bit, that's all you need. We yeah, don't need yeah. to have we, the whole plan of. We either know what the gold rush is through. or we don't, right. and explaining it's not going to make this movie right. any better. But I love this movie. I love it. Love it a lot. Yeah, I, I love. There are not enough good period horror movies, like well, because it's not straight up horror mm-hmm. and it's not a straight up black oh, yeah. comedy. I wanted and... it to be like a straight up horror movie, though in yeah. parts of it. So like the music took me out of it sometimes. Oh really? Yeah, the little twanginess when of, the, in areas. The I'm like, ah, run? Oh. Because I I, out we were that, talking about, yeah. like, if this had a John Carpenter score, oh, yeah, oh. I would be totally into it, like, that much more. Well, yeah. then it would be all synthesizer, and that would take me out of an 18. Let's say John Carpenter S. Sure, sure. Let's say John Carpenter, but we gave him a banjo. A little yeah. bit more minimalist. I like that also, it was directed by a woman. It yes. was. That's, yeah. that's yeah, I think, yeah. something important to say, because I think she told a fantastic story and put together a beautiful movie, if not a little... A little 
you know, it's just, just all that, you know, there's great layers, but it doesn't come together. Because I think it could have been a pure horror movie, supernatural movie. Or yeah. it could have been a pure movie where I think you're right. It could have been like, this guy's talking up a blue streak about healing himself by eating bodies. And he's clearly fucking nuts. But you're like, well, is this guy going to eat bodies and become Hulk? No. he He's, he's just going to eat a body because he's got a broken leg from jumping off a cliff. And it's right there. Yeah. So here's choice A. Starve it's to right death and die. There. Or B. You eat this guy, and your leg will naturally knit, apparently in place, without a splint, and he can crawl his way. Well, out. he had to, he had to jam the bone back into. His ah, leg. Yeah, 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 that, that right, that yeah. scene. God, compound fractures. Ah. Like, I, every time you see movies, it's just. <laughs> well, this, this movie is not afraid to just linger on something awful. Yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> and they they spent a lot of money on gore effects. Oh yeah, like, I think the leg looked, eh, but tubs of blood. Well, tubs and tubs well, here's of blood. Good blood, too. Not just red yeah. dye yeah. and water. Like, chunky blood. Well, from yeah. the beginning there's, of the movie, when he's sitting there, like, on the, with it running in his face, you're just like, yeah. or, this is the story that they're going to tell, darkening, I guess. How about plotting? when they're cutting the steaks? Bloody. That's the next scene. That's the very next yeah. scene. It's like, he's, yeah. like, talking to him, and you're like, oh, this and, is this And is clearly, this, is got, this is in Mexico, so it's, like, 100-whatever degrees. That's, oh, just all of that is... But... Yeah, Antonio they just cooked the steak by killing it and leaving it in the sun, probably. Sure, sure. And Tony Bird, the director, who is sadly no longer with us. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh. She passed a few years ago uh, with uh, cancer, unfortunately. This is like her biggest movie. Yeah. She, she didn't do very many. And she actually was a replacement on this one. Yeah. Um, hmm. I bet Robert Carlyle suggested, because he'd worked with her before. But she and Guy Pierce are vegetarians. So all those <laughs> shots of the meat and the blood and everything... No wonder it looks so gross, you know. Yeah, and I think that's just fascinating. And 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 they say in the commentary that like every time Guy Pierce is taking this giant bite, you know, roll roll around, then sees the cameras off. But just I wouldn't be surprised that Tess really likes this movie. Who also lives here? Oh yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be. She's a vegetarian as well. I wouldn't be surprised for that very reason is why she likes it because it portrays meat in a really gross fashion. Well, <laughs> Guy Pierce is also a ginormous pothead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, it was probably I think it was probably around the time that he did Memento I was reading an interview with him and he was power stoned doing the interview and they're like Guy Pearce just likes working out getting stoned and doing movies so there you go and that's his that's his entire I don't want to do a buddy cop movie with him and McConaughey nothing would get yeah, him McConaughey and Woody Harrelson nothing would ever get done well it would be like the, the buddy cop version of Big Lebowski <laughs> like there's this horrible oh, crime boy. and they sort of almost kind of solve it by accident or don't or don't or question don't. mark shaggy dog movie so but, so uh, are we ravenized do you think? I think we are ravenized yeah. uh, we talked a little oh, bit about um, let me just throw out I, I also like that there's a line in this movie like his cowardice in this movie is also PTSD like yeah. this, oh, yeah. in a lot of ways, this is about getting over PTSD. And since we don't see him before, see any of his life before he um, decides to lay down and play dead in the Mexican American battle, it could just he could have been a totally normal guy before that. He he might have been someone who was in over his head his whole life, but mm. he's definitely fried and and traumatized by what happened to him. And he spends most of the movie trying to get over that, and that's paralleled in getting over the fear of meat. Delicious meat. Mm. Gross. People meat. People meat. People, People meat, cow meat, whatever you got, really. Horse meat. meat. <laughs> horse meat. What? You think they they killed all they those did, horses? They killed the those end. horses. They, I don't know if they ate them. Well, I mean, you're wasting good meat otherwise. That's true. Might as well. They could have cut the stew with part of that, you know? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and that that final scene because we got all these. Oh, and you see you're like, like, oh come on, we're perpetuating this now. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's just it. You don't have to know the magic word for this to happen. You just have to eat the human, eat Eat the human, human. If you don't eat the human, you can't have any pudding. And then he lived forever and went and worked in the White House. Da, da, da. John Spencer. This was his last movie. I know. Because, yeah. yeah, then he went and did what, West, West Wing. Wing. Right. Yeah, yeah. and he passed yeah. away shortly mm-hmm. after. Or during, I thought. During. During? During yeah. West Wing. Yeah. But I, I also love when this movie came out is, uh, I remember for the longest time, like the, I have the like a later DVD, but when the first DVD came out, it was, the only person on the cover was David Arquette. Because <laughs> they were like... <laughs> He was the big name. Yeah, the, yeah. the big name the big in this name. movie because Guy Pierce hadn't done Memento yet. He, he the was only thing that Priscilla. Was, he did in yeah. L.A. Confidential. Those were like his only, which is a great fucking movie. Yeah, movie. yeah. but like, um, yeah, and you have Robert Carlyle who really just did Train Spotty and Big Monty, which were not huge in the U.S. at that time right. yet. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Jones, character actor, and all these character actors yeah. in it. And then you come back and watch With the years later. the from Ferris Bueller. As... <laughs> well, and, and you're like, wow, this is an amazing ensemble. Who is, going through his, who is going through his own shit. And that's, oh, yeah. I mean, and I, I think we've talked about it before on the, on the podcast. I have. Um, which is the mid-90s through like the late 90s was uh, a boom for the independent film mm-hmm. genre. So yeah. like people were like, independent films? Hmm, we should be watching these. Clerks did quite well. Perhaps but, we should. But we talk about marquee actors, okay? So uh, a marquee actor now would be Robert Downey Jr. In the mid-90s, when this guy was just a cast-off, who was still a talented actor, but he was like he was more known for his drug problems and not mm-hmm. Tony Stark. Drug um, problems and Chaplin. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. There are no marquee actors in this movie. If David Arquette is your fucking marquee actor... But he was in it for like... Five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. And he's just getting Power Stone. It, it does probably feel, actually getting Power Stone it, in the movie. I'm saying he he's playing everyone's idea of David Arquette in this movie. <laughs> and it looks like he shot it in two days. Yeah, and he was. That, that's, that's actually true. Yeah, in the commentary. And oh, they, perfect. And, they, and a lot of the stuff that you see him do is. Something I own just, it. Maybe I listened to the up. commentary and just um, pretended that I knew the, these. The, the director was like that, that, that thing that he's building with like the cow skull. I'm like, we have no idea what he's building. We just started doing. We're like, we got That seems like a private film to do. Just just a giant crappy looking hammer and he's just pounding yeah. stakes into the thing badly. badly and this is what I'm doing with my Wednesday uh, I love it but but yeah that also brings up the point that I, I you know I feel like I'm making kind of piecemeal throughout this is that it's it's not really a horror it's not really black comedy it's not really supernatural mm-hmm. it's got these not marquee names um, there's a weird music it's set in 1847. How did this movie get made? Yeah, right. Not yeah, in yeah. the in the other podcast sense, but like, <laughs> really, how did this get made? And as a studio movie, not as like a, a trauma thing, like Campbell Musical. This was Bat had a lot of issues with studio stuff and a lot of whatnot. But <laughs> this screenwriter went on and did Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. So uh, a lot of other things. That explains too. all the Wendigo stuff in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I always there, you know, no 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 no. That also explains why Brad Pitt's uh, and he and the, the, the commentary on Ocean's Eleven segueing mm-hmm. is a wonderful commentary to listen to because it's George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Matt Damon talking about the movie, and Brad Pitt talking about it at the time his wife. He's like, she goes, see that ring? My wife got me that ring. It was Jennifer Aniston back then. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he goes, I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny if Rusty was eating all the time. So every time you see it, literally he's always eating time. shrimp cocktail. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie, he's like finishing a taco. And he's just like, 
like total heartburn. You're like, oh, well, you're skinny little Brad Pitt, man. Well, Brad Pitt's one of the few guys who can eat while talking and not look bad. Right, right. Not constantly <laughs> be spitting bits of food well, out. There's one scene on his 11 where he's talking to someone at the casino and he's eating something then it cuts to it cuts away comes back to him. He's eating something different. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes away comes back he's eating the first thing again. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> it goes from like shrimp to like chicken wings or something. Right. Clearly something different. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven is a great movie. This is Ted Griffin we're talking about, the screenwriter. Yeah, he is Ted fantastic. Yes. He also did the TV show Terriers, which, just throw that out to you guys, fantastic little buddy cop. Has nothing to do with any of this. But watch it's on Netflix. Terriers? It's got Donald Logue in it. Yeah. It's a, I feel like somebody else brought up Terrier. It's a shaggy dog, detect, private eye duo in the uh, California oh, beach. So it's already scene. done. All right, good. Quite, quite Now I don't good. have to write it. Not stoner, just great. Anyway. Nonetheless. Well, Neil McDonough's in there at one point, so we can say that ties it all in. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think we should take a break. Okay. <laughs> Maybe eat a little something. It, this is a fun, Some ridiculous meat. movie. Some people meat. Yeah, and we'll come back and talk about Cannibal the Musical. And you know what? Mikey saw this this morning and has strong things to say. Why don't you start us off, Mikey? Okay, so... This movie is? This movie is Cannibal the Musical. Who's it by? By Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who came up with this weird little... Who are those nobodies? Yeah, they came up with this weird little cartoon, a cheaply made cartoon that David no Arquette's called... David film producers. Called... Uh, what's it called? Southpaw? Something like that? <laughs> no, no, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I no, saw that, that, I saw that French show three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That was, a, that was a pretty good. That was a huge. I remember. No, that I feel like we should double check this though. Is it is it the both of them or is it just Trey Parker? Oh no, Matt Stone's Stone's in it. I, I know Matt Stone's in it, but is, did he have a hand in, in making it? He did. He okay. did. He did. Okay. I uh, okay. So, uh, in all fairness and in full disclaimer, I'm a little hungover this morning. <laughs> Honestly, I was in Vegas for a couple of days and I didn't get drunk. I because happy honeymoon. Buddy. Yeah, thank you. Because they Probably made twelve dollars for a beer. Fifth, we ordered two gin and tonics and poolside. Our one oh, pool day. It was yeah. sunny. Nine we're like it's gonna be a pool day and the lady what comes by and her little bikini and a thong and I was like this is the best vacation ever and she's like what do you guys want two gin and tonics $30 okay and it was tonic Jesus. tonic and ice and we both looked at each other like are you fucking kidding me so pro tip when you go to Vegas if you stay at the Hard Rock which is a kick ass casino and hotel off the strip there's a CVS across the street you will walk yourself to that CVS you will buy the liquor they sell at CVS <laughs> bring it back to your hotel room Get loaded, then go to the pool and enjoy your day. Fall asleep. Also, the cabanas that they can rent there, $200. $200 to rent a cabana to get out of the sun because oppressive desert heat is still oppressive desert heat. Anyway, I went to a birthday party uh, and I had been putting this off because I completely spaced out being on my honeymoon uh, that I needed to watch this. Joshua was grateful and told me the places I could see Cannibal Musical. I've known about Cannibal Musical in Minnesota and the Twin Cities. Minneapolis Musical Theater did the actual staged version. No shit. Oh, yes. I, I didn't thought know it was that. Mechanical Division. Uh, no. Well, no, no. <laughs> TMD did not do it. It was uh, I actually, it was my friend uh, Josh's 40th birthday party last night and his wife, Emily Jabbis was in it and we were talking about it at length and oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Cannibal the Musical was a student film that was first shot in Colorado by Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park fame in 1993 the year I graduated from high school Hochschule I was 11 yeah was babies <laughs> little wee was babies 12. Yep, I'm I was 12 I'm the second oldest I was 18 Man. and had my life ahead of me <laughs> 
Uh, and I walked out of the all-night senior party, and I was like, oh, I'm fucked. Um, so... <laughs> They uh, they made it based on Alfred Packer, uh, which again has quite a bit of tie-in with our first movie, Ravenous, which is also based on Alfred Packer and the Donner Party, and uh, it's a ta- it's a musical tale, loose musical tale, that uh, the best way I can describe it, having watched it barely two hours ago, <laughs> is that these motherfuckers got stoned and thought the term Spadoinkel was funny, and wouldn't we just well, we start, probably start seeing, oh, what a beautiful morning with Spadoinkel substituted in there, and they probably hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. We need to make a musical. And somehow, again, and I'm not trying to be pejorative about it, but these motherfuckers got a $125,000 budget. Now, that's probably translating into what these days, 20 years later? Like, double it, for say. Double it, for safe yeah, to say. I don't think you can double make it. a trailer for that. I'm sorry, I'm uh, pro pro plug here. I was in the Theater People web series. <laughs> Um, a little no buzz we know oh so, so oh theater people <laughs> just go to theater and I was so, your kickstarter backer and give I was, me my DVDs I want my t-shirt actually and we did it for free like micro budget shot on like one digital camera over the course and like organizing a lot of really top tier talent myself not included in that but Stacia Rice Steve Swear, all those guys right are in this and no money went into it the Kickstarter helped produce two more seasons when we just started like doing like the social media campaign, which is however much, right? It's like maybe whatever, fifteen, twenty thousand bucks still, so that actors can get paid. My wife got paid for season two. Season three is now premiering, <laughs> and these guys in nineteen ninety three bucks put together this shit show for a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. I, I and it is a shit show. Let's just let's just be fair. It seems you have some different expectations about what should have happened. I, I knew. Okay, so Troma puts their name behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Troma started really pushing it when these guys got famous with South Park. Granted, so it, it's it's a loose tale about Alfred Packer. I mean, the plot is just a, a guy. In... You know, it's it's loose, but that Leo shenanigan stuff at the end, all true, which is fascinating. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, Alfred Packer himself lived his entire life out. A lot of it was in jail. Right. Yeah. But, but still, not, not hanged. Not yes. hanged. Not dead. Not nope. dead. Try, and they say he's only tried for cannibalism, but I'm thinking and the only person tried for cannibalism in America. And I'm like, mm. now, legally speaking, do you think that is true? Because I feel like there's people. Probably Jeffrey, not. Like, but they get tried for manslaughter. But the cannibalism in this well, case would be Well, that's what they actually got Packer for in, in real life. That'd be actually really interesting. Like, manslaughter what are, too. Yeah. Is there? A, I don't know if there's. A, I don't know what laws look like when. Like I don't know what the cannibalism laws are. <laughs> and is that is that at the federal level? I don't know. Does, <laughs> they make, does, it, vary, does it vary state by state? I and don't she, know. She talks about well, the, the whole, time like, he was in a territory. It would have had. Yeah, to be a, a territorial law, territorial right? law. Yeah. Yeah, territorial probably. So uh, yeah, that's the first law you write. Like, yeah, there's no cannibalism's no illegal. Back then. Law two. Our, sta- our territory's name is. So the first thing, not really, the like, first law you write. No, it is. <laughs> the, the first thing you otherwise... don't kill people. You don't eat the people that you kill. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make them like your right to eat because yeah. you kill them. So the first thing I want if they point consent out, to be being eating, it's fine. If no, they, that guy they, still went to jail. So if they spent one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, the biggest budget was like they 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 bootlegged a bunch of those fucking old-timey photos you can see at Valley Fair and the State Fair to get the saloon girl dresses and shit like that. But all these guys are wearing, like, circa early to mid-90s flannel, okay? Mm-hmm. They're wearing 
bandanas that are like multicolored, you know, which are, for, I mean, if $125,000, distress some shit, you know, wear out a knee maybe, wash them and bleach them and make them look worn. These guys showed up like they're going to a student rally for the first time, the very first time. What, what is it, Matt Stone who's wearing the Kyle Brofloski, mm -hmm. like yeah. uh, air, earworm, what, what's that hat called? I don't know. A what, toque. A toque. He's wearing a toque. Wearing a toque. Um, I, know I, I loved it. It's just like that's so out of place, and or, like what my brain imagines the late eighteen exactly. And, 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 and then, <laughs> then he pulls it off, and with, you have that fro. He's got his 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 stone, his fro. Kyle fro, yeah. his yeah. Kyle yeah. fro, right? Yeah, you see the you see the seeds are germinating. Yeah, and you you made the comment. I like that. Uh, oh yeah, the you DNA, can see a lot of DNA of South Park. South Park in this. DNA, the and voices. like the songs, you know, they're just observing what's around them. The mm -hmm. sky is blue, the grass mm -hmm. is green. My heart is full as a baked as potato. a baked potato. And we were talking about this in the when we were talking when we were watching it and like that song. So you know, the sky is blue. There's a shot shot of the sky being blue. The grass, the, the leaves are, are green. green. There's a shot. shot of, of, we were waiting for the shot of the, the baked potato, potato, and it never came. Yeah. And they sort of got to it later with Larry. Mm -hmm. And when after Larry got hit by lightning, and they were singing, <laughs> right, and, right, and like you kind of infer, okay, he's a baked potato because he's been fried. <laughs> But he's more fry, yeah. 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 Well, the lucky Larry. Still getting lucky, lucky Larry. Larry. And then he gets pegged. Uh, and then he gets pegged to be the guide. Because um, he's just wandering around. Right. Hey, I've been to Colorado one time. Breckenridge. You're our guide yeah. now. Okay. And he loves his horse, Leanne. Uh, which which, which oh is like a God. trail horse, and apparently. Do you know the story behind Leanne? Uh, how he got bucked off the first time? No, and, like, broke his hip. No, no it's named after uh, Trey Parker's girlfriend. Who cheated on him? Oh my God. That's right. That's Does great. that add more depth to the film that's for also you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's why he named Cartman's mom, Leanne. That's right. Well, that's why she's always in the German Scheiser. Because German Scheiser video. I also, I also watched this on the Tromo re-release that came out uh, five, six years ago that has... The drunk? The drunk, the drunk commentary. Oh, okay. And what starts, he, he reveals that pretty early on, but it's about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way in where they're very drunk where he suddenly just loses it. <laughs> uh, about Leanne. And oh, yeah. I'm worth $7 million. I'm worth $7 million. He's a manager of a Foley's. <laughs> Foley's. <laughs> it is. Somebody's been doing Facebook stalking before this drunken commentary. In the middle, it, the commentary just stops, and I'm like watching, going, I didn't send anything in a while. Like, it was like five minutes where I'm watching the movie. I'm like, did, did I turn it off somehow? And then it comes back on, like, yeah, somehow we drunkenly shut off the thing. We didn't know how to fix it, so there's no commentary for that part. <laughs> on, on Wiki, they said that some of it they cut out yeah. because they're like they got way too incoherent, and I think <laughs> they're still pretty incoherent in a lot of it. Well, and, and we, homophobic. And our uh, our podcast when we've I think we have a different uh, we have a different way of bantering when we are drinking during our podcasts, and I think like when we're pouring wine or drinking beers, they start to go. Yeah, and we're, we're tangenting this badly now. Yeah, so. Add alcohol to the mix. Yeah. Kids, don't do drugs. Um, or do whatever. <laughs> yeah, or do it. Hey, good morning. It's fine. So why were they going to back to the Colorado Territory? To go uh, gold. gold. They're going to go gold. They have the same. not having any luck in Wyoming or wherever they Utah. are. Utah. Utah. Yeah. And they, Nobody you know, has any luck in Wyoming. That's okay. right, because they, they do that little thing. I went to Wyoming. Why'd you come back? You ever been to Wyoming? Hello? <laughs> One shot. It's like five seconds long. God, it sounds awful. I'll, I'll actually, this is this is a very brief summation. Uh, I I came upstairs before I was taken off to come over here to do this, and I heard <laughs> the comment was, "I heard you laugh once," <laughs> and it was 
there was just some like throwaway shit. It wasn't like the musical numbers, which were mildly besides Spadoinkle and uh, what's the other Let's one? Build I wanna... Let's build a snowman. Let's build a snowman. How did he tap dance? You know, and like he's in the hole, so that's how we cover that up. Yeah. But I think there was a the scene where they see the lamb and they're starving, and the little lamb's like bowing at them. And uh, Diane Bashar, who was in the movie ba- Basketball, as their little bitch. Right, right. Uh, he's the, their buddy. He, he's like That's the, where he's from. He I, does, was, I was wondering why he looks so familiar. Yeah, he was, in basca- he was in Basketball. But I remember they're like, oh my god, it's lamb, and they're so hungry. And he just starts undoing his pants. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, to eat it. And he's like, what, I have to take a leak. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I get that, nice. And then the other guy's like, I can't shoot it. And under their breath, because I was headphones in, he's like... God, give me the fucking gun. And, like, mm-hmm. was that made up? Like, <laughs> it's, like, literally, like, give me the fucking gun. Like, all these, like, quiet throwaway lines. It's, like, mm-hmm. this is, this is like, the one funny moment. And then moment. the Cyclops shows up. The Cyclops. You look at him, uh, his eyes <laughs> squirting at them. And they're all just sitting there, oh, like, no, no. Uh, terrible. The <laughs> You're doomed. Doomed. Yeah, I, I, Walk, you, walk, walk, walk. Watch okay. Watching it this time, that's my retirement plan now. I'm going to grow a long beard whenever anyone asks me for directions. I'm going to warn them. <laughs> Don't go to Fifth Street. You'll be killed. You're doomed. Doomed. My curse is on Fifth. Then turn around and be like, doomed, doomed. But only if they ask for directions, not at random. I'm not going to be not going to be a bus crazy. They have to engage me first. I think every time That's somebody comes up to you and, like, actually, when you're getting onto a bus and they're like, hey, man, can you, uh, doom? <laughs> That's what you get. You don't want a 25 cents for the bus. That 25 cents is cursed. <laughs> You'll be doomed. Doomed. And I, I give him props for that, like, milking a joke for, like, for for comedy's sake, you know, yeah. like that. Well, joke, it's the that Mel class. Brooks school of humor, right? And that's and you can see some of that too. Like we wanted to make a Blazing Saddles, but in very clean flannel. Like they're all like outfit and very dirty language, right? Urban Outfitters, nineteen ninety three, and they're all walking around. You guys are fucking weird. But, but I mean, the, yeah, I mean the 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 bit when <laughs> the bit when he was killing the last guy. Oh god, they like, oh, went yeah. on and on and on, killing and killing and killing. That was funny. Oh, to me. The, there's a local film that that reminded me of um hey stop stabbing me i don't know if you guys have ever seen that <laughs> no but wow. it, at one point it's about a, a crazy guy in a house and a guy moves in and ends up having to fight him and at one point the crazy guy's killing a, a delivery man and just having the worst time of it like stabs him a bunch of times throws him down a flight of stairs like what are you doing stop stabbing me <laughs> and in one of the alternate endings after the good guy wins the delivery man comes back and breaks his neck and he's like i told you to stop stabbing me. <laughs> oh my <Wow>. goodness. <laughs> this is but a it, local film, huh? Yeah, local. Uh, I know a couple Fantastic. of people. It. It's funny. If you track it down, I think it's come out again on well, I love it when, when Amazon he puts the, the cleaver in the guy's face the, the first time he kills him. And just before he keels over, the guy says, for some reason, just goes, children. <laughs> I don't really know why, but I just, that, that struck me as, as random and hilarious. <laughs> I, I mean, also, like, the musical numbers when he's singing about Leanne, and then, like, randomly, it's him as a kid. You know, yeah. the exact same costume with the sleeves rolled up and the legs, pant legs rolled up, and it's a pony. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. he, gives the, he gives it, like, he gives flowers and starts eating them, and he's like, oh, aww. <laughs> And they, he, they're pulling all the musical when theater I tropes. Was on top of yep, you. yep, yep, and uh, just random things. Also, was it Matt Matt Stone? Was he the lead playing Packer? Was it no, Trey? that was Trey. That was Trey. 
why I you know? But he and, did and it I under this, a pseudonym for some reason. I felt yeah. Well, they know it was uh, Juan Schwartz because John Schwartz was Alfred Packer's like fake name when he was going to trial, trying to be a, oh. like avoid capture. <gasps> Wikipedia. Wow. So that's um, actually trivia. But it's like that's way more thought than I would have expected him to put into it. But like when I looked up Packard and saw he had the same facial hair, I was like, oh, you guys actually did look this up a little bit. Oh, I know. And the only that's time sweet. he had actual facial hair was when he had like a five o'clock shadow. Everything else was like that shitty, oh, like Norcosco beard. Oh, yeah, but and... a lot of those five o'clock shadows were clearly dabbed on with a sponge. Oh, yeah. yes. Because they're solid and then have a sharp dividing line. Like, yeah. That hair doesn't do that. And then we have the fact that they couldn't find uh, Native Americans to actually play Native Americans. So they had, according to Wikipedia, Japanese exchange students <laughs> play like the Native American yeah. tribe, the Nihojin, they called them. Nihono, yeah, that's Japanese and Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> I, 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 wow. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, actually. The fact that they're just speaking Japanese to each other. We are Indians. Yeah. It, it, it's this weird combination of like if it was Native Americans doing it, it'd be super racist. And if it was just them running into Adam some Japanese Sandler. Americans or right. some Japanese in the middle right. of nowhere, it would probably be racist. But the weird combinations yeah. certainly canceled yeah. them out. We are Indians. We have a tipis. <laughs> and I'm going, and the I'm not sure if I should be offended. Right. Or, yeah. right. And the tipis are white with the rising sun painted I know. On them. Yes. Right. And they've got like the little red face paint. See, what do you see? We have to look at me. Oh, and then oh, I've got boy. this girl here. She's wearing a smock and, you know. Yeah. And, I, and we're, it, we're teaching each other karate. From what it sounds karate. like, it came. It was just serendipity that that happened. Right. Yeah. But it weirdly balances out. For right. Some yeah. Weird, it, right. Weird it's a, all right. We'll just accept that. Apparently, there's a tribe of Japanese people pretending to be Indians in the Old West at this point, and this isn't the movie we're watching. That's right. a side note. <laughs> right. But it is the opinion of these four white guys sitting around this table that it's it true. was okay. Yeah, so. Right. <laughs> this is a white guy talking about movies podcast. Right. We are white men walking. Welcome to the Privilege Podcast. Uh, I'm white. This is white, white, and white. <laughs> and we're whiting up the whites. I'm partly Welsh. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, oh, you're bringing down our value now. <laughs> Shit. No, no, it's okay. Welsh is still white. No, no, you mix your G's, your W's, and your Y's, you weirdo. Reading <laughs> for little literature. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, it. speaking of, I need to learn how to read Welsh. Just weird pronunciations. That sheriff, that sheriff guy. Oh, uh, so the uh, sheriff, sheriff Blouse. Okay, first of all, he's they're all wearing like, and again, because he walks, he walks into a room and he's like, "What's my accent?" Yeah, yeah, yes, no, blah, blah, he blah, The only blah, blah, real line he has. There's a long moment where I could see the gears turning of him going. I'm gonna do this accent. Hacker. <laughs> and on, on the drunken commentary, they say that this guy is English. That he's from that he's from the UK. And I'm like, I'm this. They gotta be fucking with me on this. They gotta. This, I don't think so. So guys. unless he was I doing some super meta, and he was like an Englishman trying to do a Westerner trying to do an English accent, which don't is know. a little more complex than you would weird. expect. It's weird. <laughs> The blouse. It was like wearing like those big blousey right, sleeves. Right, the, the poof, the, the yeah. poof sleeves. Yeah. They're all wearing, trying to hide it. Yeah, oh, they were wearing like the, the the mock collars, which was again popular. Like everybody was like outfitted by the Gap mock collars. You know, mm-hmm. Nope, we're not gonna have a collar on these shirts. Nope, that's very Western. Yeah, hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Can feel Nirvana sailing in on the pretty shirts much. they're wearing. Pretty I'm, much. I bet all that money went into the blood effects, which were pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. getting for trauma. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, well, the, in the opening there was the. 
the fantasy of Packard like slaughtering everybody, and right? But bit a guy's neck out, and that actually looked pulled off a good guy's jaw. That the the, the, the jaw effect, the, yeah, the yeah that actually really, really yeah. good effect. I I couldn't see the seams. It's really fun that they started with that too, right? Yeah, they and then really you're sort of disappointed better. for about an hour. Well, it's, <laughs> because there's no other no. It effects. started it started with the warning that hey, this is a lost, rediscovered film, but we cut out the gory parts, right? And, and then, then it goes right into the and that's not how it happened at all. Um, oh man! But I mean, I liked. Uh, well, I think we're, the, from, we're from Utah. Book of Mormon. They hold it up, and you're like, "Wow, ah, Utah!" Utah. <laughs> oh boy, it was just a piece of shit. <laughs> Spadoinkle, by the way. Every so time they had utterance, Spadoinkle. So, do you want to move into like talking about the comparisons between these two? Well, obviously, and, right. Well, yeah, do you have any other things? Does like, anyone else have it? anything to say about Cannibal the Musical? Um, other than being disappointed it wasn't Cannibal Holocaust. Well, just in terms of, okay, look, comparison. Let's compare these two things sure, as sure. we do on this podcast. Yes, mm. of course. Uh, roughly the same time period. Mm-hmm. So, I like that, that connection between them. The frontier America. The frontier mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cannibalism, obviously. Right. There's cannibalism oh, going see. on. Look at that. Yeah. Guys, isn't that <laughs> fascinating? All right, we've been talking about it. What is cannibalism exactly? <laughs> do you want to define it? No, I've just been winging it. Like, what are we talking about? Well, what does that mean? I'm all for getting the definition of terms out there. Webster's defines cannibalism. Oh, as you know, it's funny. It's, a fun here's, Thursday. Here's something Our really... forefathers, when they started this nation, defined cannibalism as such. <laughs> so, in so the Anti Federalist Papers from 1793. And that same year is when the movie Alive came out. And that kind of like pushed everything to the forefront. You know, with Ethan Hawke and yeah, about the what year was Alive? Ninety three. It was the so same year. What, but they talk as Cannibal. About... Cannibal was filmed that same. Wait, year. Wait, when was Dahmer? Dahmer? Yeah, in when? the nineties. In the nineties. Like, yeah, I think he, he was captured. arrested in the nineties, like late nineties. Yep. And he was like, killed 90s. like okay. two years later. In well, prison. then he hung himself. No, 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 no. I he thought got, he hung himself. No, he, no, he was murdered. Prison. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of the Unabomber. Sorry. Oh, uh, Kaczynski's still alive. He's still in prison. He tried to kill himself. Yeah. Probably. Ted Kaczynski's still alive? I thought he killed himself, too. Nope. No. Hmm. He, I think he tried to hang himself with his underwear because dignity's that's all I, about with these That's what I stories. thought. Yeah, there, he's in that the, the Supermax prison in Colorado. Wow, I didn't realize that. I Without any dead. underwear. Back to Colorado. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back to Colorado. So anyway, uh, yeah, Alive came out, and that's the first movie I remember seeing people actually run out of the theater because of uh, because of like the cannibalism aspect. I just remember them eating frozen meat really vividly. Dead, dead, frozen, dead frozen people, frozen people. and they yeah. just started cutting it. And you know, they just were like killed in the crash. Little squares of it. Well, he almost. turned around. His Ethan Hawke's line when he starts to do it, he's like, "I'm going to eat this part of it," and he just starts eating it. And they're like, "Well, we got to do what we got to do." Um, and that, interestingly enough, in Cannibal, they're like, "We're going to eat this," and he's like, well, "Not the butt." Because homophobia in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, Ravenous did a better job because it had an actual live physical budget and a lot more money. I think Troma stamped their name on it after it was produced and yeah, they, they became the distributor. Yeah, this didn't come through Troma. This, right. Cause, yeah. yeah. It was independently produced, right? Yeah. Student film for $125,000. Um, well, I, 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 so, I'd also considered Alive to be like the second to go with Ravenous, but I felt like that would have been two very heavy things. Right, right. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily see Ravenous as heavy. I, wa- I liked watching it first right. because it is a darker, more mm-hmm. serious movie, yep. and then having the uh, like the my aperitif. It's Bill Snowman. Right, but if you were to we could make him subvert that, if you were to start with Alive and then so see tall. Ravenous, I know. We could name him Shannon. We could name him Beowulf. 
Beowulf, right? Just we can name him Ted, or we can name him Beowulf. We can make him tall. We can, can make, make him not so tall. Snowman. <laughs> he looks so happy. <laughs> He's dead on the ground with his big suit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great shot. Like, Discount <laughs> Joss Whedon got shot. Oh yeah, we were talking about this. Was, that <laughs> shot of him laying like on the phone. This is this is Joss Whedon after they filmed Age of Ultron. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. After free. getting all the studio cuts. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and of course, the the main cannibal is is the most religious guy of the group who talks about God. And I'm like, oh, uh, let's make a statement, fellas. Um, I don't know. I would you recommend Cannibal and Musical if you're like a big fan of like culty kind I of shit? I think it's better in a group of people watching yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like, oh, I'm going to watch a fiddle now. Let's, for our, let's watch Cannibal the Musical for our podcast. Um, podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I, with people, it's fun. Ravenous yeah. too was fun watching yeah. it with you. I would love watching yeah. that with a group and also just yeah. the, listen to that soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack's any, the bomb. Yeah. Call, calling back to another double bill we've done. Ravenous is like the fall for me. Like I like it, but I kind of like watching it with people who have. And seen it more because I like watching people react to it. Sure, sure. The, the fall is less stigmatized. Everybody I've seen it with likes the fall. Ravenous. Some people are like, "What the fuck is this?" Right. They, where they just can't. They, it's a very disconnected movie intentionally. So yeah, we they, they talk about that too. How, how it starts. It's got that deep, you know, the yeah. fall of the pit from Nietzsche, and then eat me. And like oh, yeah. right away, we're trying to let you know this yeah. is this is irrelevant. irrelevant. I'm like, okay. But <laughs> then you go in very heavy, and the, yeah, it's it's weird how the tone doesn't really work in that movie. But when it commits to it, I think it works in spots. I, I really love the the goofy chase scene that you don't like so much. Which goofy chase scene? When just after he stabs well, the guy, he, oh, he no. didn't like the music. Right, I don't like the music very yeah. much because it took you out of it. Yeah, yeah. it just took me out of it. It's a little too twangy for sure. my for my taste. Are you talking about like the cliff stuff like that? The cliff chase? Is that what you're talking? No, about? No, no, the the literally. When, when they're David, leaving the fort and going to find him. No, no, just just after at the cave, he just stabbed everybody, and okay. it's just Jeremy Davies left. He just he, stabbed everybody, and, and, and he can't shoot him, and he goes run, and then starts chasing him, mm. and it starts with the diddle doo doo diddle doo doo music. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though then you find him completely disemboweled. I was thinking a more of, later. I was thinking more of the music in general throughout the film. I didn't necessarily like it in places, <sighs> not just like. Bummer. There, but like that chase scene. If I had one problem with that chase scene, and then that cave, the whole cave, it's cut together in an odd way. It is, and like sometimes it, I wasn't sure what was happening and where people were in yeah. space. And, so that and was the, the hardest part. And of now he watching. would break away and do that stuff mm-hmm. with his hands, and then go back and, and like I don't know what that was going. Was yeah. going on with that? And I think a part of that Miramax. is they they were trying to hide effects and trying to like kind of disguise certain things at okay. certain points so the shots and editing is a little like off yeah, yeah. so they didn't have to do as much like gore effects or as much yeah. and or, I, or if they like, did superhuman stuff that they should have been doing right. and I feel like that might have been that's another I think that's one of those things where uh, the, the, one of the evidences of a studio really wanting to get their fingers in uh, a movie to say what we wanted it to be because I'm I'm guessing and pure speculation that the director had a had an, a, a way she wanted to go with it, and then the studios were like, "Well, what movie are you making?" And we want this to be more of a horror movie. But she probably wanted to maybe lean towards more like, "No, I want this to be like Alien, where we're not showing as much, but the implications are more horrifying than you know." No, 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 you're gonna get a gore budget, so let's make this gorier, this scene gorier. Let's see, like you know, compound fracture sticking out, that kind of stuff. So it's like. When when you when when you feel a studio interference watching a movie is I think yeah. when you're like mm, this probably could have been a really good 
supernatural movie uh independently produced like is this a wendigo is it an actual spirit but mm-hmm. you know they want to see a fucking ghost they want to see some sheets you know yeah make it what it is for my part, I would recommend Ravenous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would recommend Ravenous. Absolutely. Yeah. I recommend Cannibal, too. I'd recommend Cannibal, like you said, in a group, but or if you're, like they used to promote it at Video Stardom. Uh, if you like South Park, you will probably like <laughs> Cannibal, Cannibal Musical. Musical. Right. Well, I, I would love to get a group together and w- watch it with the, the drum commentary, because that is a riot. I'll have to check end. that out, for real. <laughs> I just think that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are probably better suited for voices and better suited behind the camera, because I just don't see anything enjoyable watching them. There's no char- real charisma to any of those people in the movie. Like It was an independent movie with guys that do funny voices and come up with really funny scores, but at the same time, same with basketball. I'm like, okay, so these are the South Park guys. That's what they look like. Oh, look, that's the guy that does Cartman's voice. Mm-hmm. That's what he looks like. You know, it's like seeing the Simpsons cast. You know, You're like you know what Harry Shearer looks like. You know what Hank Azaria looks like. You know, and you know when you see like how they look, you know, in front of a camera, you're like, hmm. you're like, well, you do those voices. That's great. I don't know if I really want to see you, unless you're in like a Christopher Guest movie. In which case, I can't get enough Harry Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> So, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Very well. So, uh, you know, we did a live show not long ago, like maybe a couple weeks ago. Of, are we, uh, are we done with the pairings now? I think we're done. All I right. think we're done. Yeah. Uh, and so we did that, and what we asked at the Noise Picnic podcast, podcast Festival is that people give us suggestions. Also, your fishbowl is over there. Please don't forget to take it. Oh, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, we got some suggestions, and I think what we're going to do is maybe create a larger episode out of some of the smaller pairings. Sure, sure. I, I, I just... Do we want to read some of them right now? Why or do, you want to, do we want to keep them and make them a surprise? Well, I think you've got a nice stack there. I think maybe hey, giving oh. a couple... Uh, giving a couple is not too big of a deal. I, I think that if we cook, we really should compare Dijon mustards. Um, so one of the suggestions we did get was uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray versus Grey Poupon. You you said you wanted to watch a movie and eat the... I don't know if there is a picture of Dorian Gray movie. Uh, well, the closest, there? the closest I thought about... Uh, we can watch two League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was on late at night. Uh, I, I rewatched it and found it, remembered how terrible that turd was. Um, from such, such a fantastic a source material, such too. For That's that. a fucking great... great well, we could, we could watch I saw that read. with a friend and I spent the entire movie leaning over and pointing out, like... Continuity errors. Oh, how much it's better a, the. It's a good thing he brought an extra suit because the other one got shot up. Or, yeah, or we watch, uh, if you guys it's have seen. It's a good seen, thing the uh, submarine can change size. Penny Dreadful, Dorian Gray is a character in the TV series, the Showtime mm-hmm. TV series. Penny oh, Dreadful. yeah. I've seen that yet. That looks really good. It's I've really great. It's great. I, yeah. I Netflixed it and I burned through it and I'm like, this is, it. this gets me in my feels. Um, but I think the other, there is an actual portrait of Dorian Gray film. It's a black and white oldie kind mm-hmm. of movie, moldy oldie. Um, but I was like, we need to maybe sample some Dijon, different Dijon mustards. For example, let's have some actual Grey Poupon and let's compare it with, like, say, Plotchman's, like, Dijon version or whatever, right? Or, or... And then we'll watch the portrait of Dorian Plotchman. So so instead now we have you Dorian Gray and mustard is what your double bill will be? What? Yeah, yes. I, I, we have no well, idea. You're, you're, you're extrapolating from here. I have you're to. Not, you're, I, I feel necessary. like I, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, what we do is we get a version of Oscar Wilde's Portrait of Dorian Gray, we rip pages out of it, smear it with Grey Poupon, and eat it. We absorb the power oh, of Oscar Wilde. And then you win to go. We win to go. I just want to cut to the comparison in that episode. So, like, so Portrait of Dorian Gray and Grey Poupon, which one of these was a better 
portrait of what, the what, denial of what sin. Tasted well, better and on which one of these and was better with turkey? <laughs> You can watch about all those Grey Poupon commercials. Do you remember from like the 90s yeah, or whatever? Yeah, 80s. Paul didn't was mean, it 80s? Oh, yeah. Do you have any Grey Poupon? But of, but of course. course. And then he's like, and he fucks off. He's like, yeah, get your own Grey Poupon. <laughs> Another okay. one was uh, Gelato versus Frozen Yogurt. Ooh. Man on Wire versus Man on Fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's topical. It's opening this weekend, isn't it? Is it? Uh, is that the one that Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing the whole tightrope walk between the World Trade Center? Well, Man on Wire itself is a documentary about yeah. that guy. About that guy. Yeah. yeah, so maybe there's a movie based on that. There might be. And then Man on Fire is the Denzel Washington, like... Mm-hmm. Denzel or we could Washington. just start Brian oh, I on Fire. literally a Man yeah. on Fire. Yeah. There's this other one that we got, Bob Barker, upside down, or on its side, parenthesis, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. I don't know what that's supposed to be, what that's supposed to indicate. Do you know what I, I think it's just a pointing. And... Crocodile Hunter? Yeah. That's Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunter. Well, I don't know what that upside is. Well, Bob Barker I don't know always wanted you to spay your cats. Uh, Steve Irwin uh, was scared of hippos. Right. Well, Bob so Barker died the in a horrific spaying incident, didn't he? Yeah. Bob Barker's still alive. Oh. Price is wrong, bitch. No, no. He I think everybody's dead, apparently. No, yeah, Bob Barker did. It's easy. You're out of my head, you're dead. was technically dead, but then he ate the flesh of one of his assistants oh, and yeah. healed. No, he got, he's had his ass sued more oh, from all of his like girlies. Both right. born identities from 1988 and the 2002 version. Oh, yeah, there's the one See, with... I didn't uh, even know there was an 88 version. I didn't either. Yep, yep, it's with uh, Richard Chamberlain. It's actually really? pretty... Yeah, it's pretty true to the, the guy who was in Shogun. Uh, he was a Dr. Kildare. He was in it. He played Jason huh. Bourne. Wow. We got French accents versus German accents. Yeah. Then we should watch Glorious Bastards. Could. Right shoes versus left shoes. Yeah. Um, who the well, hell does that person we, think they are? Well, <laughs> we, could, we could probably also watch another Quentin Tarantino because that man is a foot fetishist. It's true, he is. Well, we, so then we could, Joss Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon. You could, you could, you could do foot Tarantino foot fetish and the Joss Whedon foot fetish. Oh, yeah. You yeah. probably yeah. have to do, what, Pulp Fiction? What's with straight male film? directors and feet? <laughs> well, I can't tell you, but I could show you. <laughs> or we could watch From Dusk Till Dawn, and then we could watch uh, an episode, a couple episodes of Buffy. Because Dusk Till Dawn deals with you're, vampires. You're, you're, you're trying to do a little bit more spin on these. I want to do them literally. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, reach. but what type of shoes? <laughs> and should they be a match set, or should we choose like a right hiking boot versus a left sandal? It's fair, fair question. Or would wow. that? Hmm. Well, you know, we tweet did eat your their, they did tweet your votes to hashtag double bill foot fetish dot, <laughs> dot org. Uh, I don't know how Twitter works. So, uh, this also, at this point, I'd like to say thank you, Jeremy, for being on the show. Thank you for the suggestions and uh, for the very insightful. Uh, the insightful commentary regarding a ravenous, uh, and also introduced me to the shitstorm, which was kind of like musical. <laughs> um, I think this is going to be making for uh, a fantastic, a fantastic podcast. So, uh, thank you again. Here's open. Moats, thank you so much. Um, we will. Where can people find you, Jeremy? Where Motes? can people find you? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm on the Twitter, but I don't use it very often. It's at just Motes, J U S T M O T Z. I am hoping to get my own podcast up and going here very soon on our The Noise Picnic. Ooh. Um, yeah. I, I have one called Get to the Podcast with uh, Ben Lane and Melissa Roy. We talk about Ooh. we talk about a uh, B-level action movies and how we think that they have merit. It, that was, that was going to be the only thing was like under underground action movies. 
And then we found out that uh, Melissa actually hasn't really seen any of the classics like Die Hard or Terminator or Shut the front So door. now we get to go back and do what we call um, Patient Zero sort of movies, where we can see things like Bloodsport with her for the mm. with her for the first time and us for like the seventieth time. I, and I apologize for pimping. Moats, if you need me to come on, I have a, a double bill of like both Showdown and Little Tokyo, which is the uh, classic with Dolph Lundgren and right. Brandon Lee, uh, which has, I might also point out, some of the most fantastic Jeff Imada fight choreography outside of any fucking Jackie Chan movie. Because before Jackie Chan was Jackie Chan, Showdown and Little Tokyo came out in 1993. Rapid Fire, mm-hmm. another fantastically choreographed movie. I mean, Brandon Lee, taken too soon, clearly, but man, that guy could fucking move. Um, also, best of the best, the first one, which is Eric Roberts. Oh my God! And James Earl Jones <laughs> as the coach. Yes. Eric James Earl Roberts. Jones named after an Italian. He's like, I am Coach Cuzo. <laughs> I'm like, no, Cuzo is an Italian name. Fuck you, I'm Cuzo. <laughs> Sally Kirkland. Yeah, I got oh, the bees. Man. I got the bee action right here. Pat. Have you seen Jim Cotta? Oh chance? fuck yes, I've seen Jim Cotta. Just just curious. I want to know how deep this went. Mean Guns. We also mean talk guns. about we also talk about like how the. Action movies are still being made now, but like the best ones are really not coming out to theaters. They're going straight to VOD, straight to DVD. Oh, sure, right? sure. And how that's like a stigma to some people. But then I watch some of these because a lot of them end up on Netflix. I'm like, this is a really good action movie. Not like a good film. Let's right, not get right, it. Right. Let's, I'm, not, right. I'm not saying we're talking about films. But choreography, man. You see yeah. movies with like Scott Atkins in it. You Scott see Atkins fucking Michael J. White is like, mm-hmm. they're the shit. And they're like, they're like talented the and charismatic. To long back. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. Those are still more mainstream. Raid 1 and 2. Oh, fuck. We could go on for hours. So, anyway. So, yeah. It's called Get to the Podcast. We've, we're, we're not live yet. Hopefully by the time this goes live, we'll have something going. This might be a while before this is live. Because we have the live at, the good. live show we have to put... I have to put together. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So keep an keep an ear out for get to the podcast. Uh, there will be Twitter and email for that eventually, but not at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I am Moats. It rhymes with boats. I'm one of the hosts of that at J U S T M O T Z on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's double bill. We out. We out. Boom. Double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill. It's double bill.